This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Like I said, you know, you don't have to have any special uh, gifting to be a critic. You know, we can see things that need to be changed in our nation. But I'm going to tell you what, I've been to a few other nations, maybe not a lot, but enough to know. I'm telling you, it's, we still got it pretty good here. I'm telling you, God's blessing is still upon us. And it's because of God's people. It's not because who's in the White House or who's not in the White House. It's because of God's people. It's because of praying people, believing people, people that are obeying God. And so, uh, you know, we just rejoice in that today. Uh, And uh, we celebrate, uh, you know, the liberty that we have in Jesus. Amen. We have two reasons to celebrate. The liberty not only of our nation, but the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I'm so glad that liberty in Jesus, it doesn't depend on uh, the form of government. It doesn't depend on who's in the White House or who's out of it. You know what? It's all about Him. It's about Jesus, about the blood of the Lamb, about Him purchasing our salvation. Hallelujah. Amen? Praise God. Well, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I don't see any visitors, but if we happen to have one and I miss you, we're so glad that you're here today. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to James, they'll put it up on the screen, but if you got your sword there, hallelujah, it's good to read it there as well. In July this month, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a series this month about prayer, purpose, and power. Aligning ourselves today, we're going to talk about aligning ourselves with God's will. Listen. Where the power is, where the glory is, where the freedom is, where the healing is, it's when we align our lives with God. Are you listening? That's, 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 the, whole, that's the whole enchilada, if you will. It's just the whole thing. That's it. It's when we come into harmony, into alignment with the, the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with the covenant of God, when we align ourselves that way, we're absolutely in the will of God. That's where the blessings flow. Amen. I mean, it doesn't matter what the devil does. I don't care what the devil's doing. I'm not interested in what the devil's doing. I'm interested in what God's doing. I want to find out where God's moving, and that's where I want to be. Amen. All these people are always talking about what the devil's doing. Well, he's, he's defeated. Why are you laboring why are you majoring on a defeated foe i'm gonna major on the king of kings and the lord of lords and the king of glory the one that has all authority and all power amen i want i'm on the winning side how about you amen so if we're going to participate in god's kingdom we've got to align with the spirit of god and so i want to introduce that today and the first thing is you know is we have to submit ourselves to God. If we're going to align with God, we have to submit to God. Yes, indeed. That word submit. (laughs) It's hard on the flesh. Come on. It is. You know, here in James 4, verse 7, notice what he says. He said, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, I want to tell you, if you don't do the first part, 
there's no use trying to do the second part. Amen? Because if you're not going to align yourself, submit to God and align yourself to His will and to His kingdom and to His truth and to His purpose, you can say, get out of here all day, devil, but the devil's going to camp right around you. Are you listening to me? <laughs> He's going to camp right around because it's when we align ourselves with God, when we submit to God, then we're in a position to resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you've been resisting and he hadn't been fleeing, might be time for a checkup. Amen? <laughs> you know, we're always good at... You know, uh, telling the other fellow how he needs to straighten up. But, you know, we, we do well to just, you know, mind our own business. I mean, I got all I can do to keep up with me. And that's with Cindy's help. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so I'm not looking to find what, you know, first I want to get the plank out of my own eye before I'm concerned about the speck in your eye. But this morning, it's so important. We learn this word submit means to subordinate my will to God's. You ever, you ever been? I know people that's been in the military understand what about subordination. Amen. But you know, here in America, we're, we're so fiercely independent. We're so fiercely individualistic. And that has its good side. But on the other side, when we come into the kingdom of God, a lot of times we just, man, I mean, nobody's going to tell me nothing. Yeah, we can see from your life that nobody could tell you. You're always in a mess. You're always in trouble. Now, come on. Go on the middle in that. But we need, to, what, we need to learn to subordinate. That means that, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not always the one that's got the answer. I'm not always the smartest person in the room. As a matter of fact, if you understand about the presence of God, you're never the smartest person in the room. Amen. <laughs> Because God's everywhere, so you're, you're never the smartest person in the room. So we need to subordinate ourselves. That's what, what submission means. It also means, we mentioned this, obey God. Just obey God. See, some people are always trying, you know, they're looking for some experience with God. They want an angel to come down. You know, first of all, just obey what you know. Do what you already know. Amen? You do what you know, God will give you some more. Do what you know. He said to love your brothers. Are you doing that? He said to forgive those who have offended you and trespassed against you. Are you doing that? I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of anger in our nation right now, and some of it's in the church. Anger, listen, if you're angry at somebody, listen, you're not aligned with God's will. God says we're, we're to let that anger go. We're to forgive even as we've been forgiven. Hello, you got to let that stuff go because it's going to hinder the flow. See, anger might make your flesh feel good, but it ain't going to do anything when it comes to resisting the devil and receiving the benefits of God and being used by God. Amen? Remember one time, you know, remember the two disciples, you know, you know, don't feel too bad if you're struggling with that because two of his disciples had a problem with anger. You know, they're going through Samaria, and, you know, and they, they, they kind of rejected Jesus and his ministry, didn't want him there. And they said, Lord, shall we call down lightning? 
<laughs> he, he called them the sons of thunder. <laughs> There's still some of those sons and daughters of thunder around. You've got to be able to let that go. You replace ourselves when we align with God. We're placing ourselves under the authority of God, under the authority of heaven. And listen, church, if we're ever going to accomplish God's purpose, we have to be aligned with His will. As we can come in here and shout and jump and speak in tongues and do all that, and I'm all for all of that. But I'm going to tell you what, you know, at the end of the day, if we are not submitted to God's will, if we're not obeying God, if we're not following and aligning ourselves with Him, then I want to tell you what, it's all a bunch of hot air. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, here's the big hindrance to our submission. P-R-I-D-E. I hope it don't mean me. Pride. Come on. Man, I'm telling you. I, you know, I've been in ministry. I'm in my 40th year. And I'm going to tell you what, man. You know, some Christians, you know, they got wings. Others, that's just their shoulder blades. Because you find out real quick. They don't want nobody telling them nothing. You can't, you can't, oh, you can't correct me. Yeah, you don't want you to tell me nothing. I mean, you know. And, you know, and here's the thing. If you're unteachable, you know, then you know what? Hey, you're unusable. God can't use you. Because, I mean, you know, now, you know, I mean, you've reached such a high plane of existence. You know, it's just, you know, God, and then you're right here. And, you know, then there's the rest of us. But listen, pride will keep you from being used by God. See, there's whole lots of Christians that come to church. They receive, they receive, they receive. God tries to get them involved, tries to get them busy. Not me. I don't have to. I'm exempt. Let all them people do it. Let them change the diapers. Let them park the cars. Let them clean the building. I don't have to do it. I'm way beyond all that. Thank you for your enthusiasm, boy. I'm telling you. You say, I didn't come for that. You might have. You might have. You might, you might be the one that needs to hear this. It's a hindrance. Because, listen, when you do that in one area, I'm going to tell you what. It's spilling over into other areas, too. Well, I'll tell you one thing, my time's my own. Really? You need to get saved. I thought, I, thought, I, I was under this crazy understanding. I mean, I don't claim to be the, the smartest guy when it comes to theology, but I thought it said that our life belonged to God now. Did I get that right? Or did I get that wrong? That means my time belongs to God. My gifts belong to God. Now I'm going to get really down into it. My M-O-N-E-Y. Dad Hagen used to always tell us, he said, he said, he said, if you want a great hush to come over the church, he said, you talk about their children or their money. He said, it'll get real quiet. <laughs> Pride. So, you know, I think what we need to do, let's look over in Jeremiah 18. I think we need some th uh, throne room chiropractic. I think some people need to go to the Holy Ghost chiropractor. Yeah, but anybody in here besides me ever been to a chiropractor? Oh, my gosh. 
We had a brother down in, uh, when we, we were pastoring down in Boynton Beach, we had a brother who was going to church there. He was a chiropractor. And he just took it on himself to make me a project. He loved to have me come. I don't know if he's just trying to, he didn't have enough business or what it was, but he ever so, I mean, just maybe once a week or certainly every two, he'd have me in there, oh, my gosh. He'd invite me out to lunch or something, and I'd go to his office, but, boy, before we went to lunch, get up here on this table. <laughs> have you ever been there? I'm to, man, he started pushing on me, and stuff started popping and cracking. I'm like, oh, God, I, I thought we were going to lunch. <laughs> I mean, man, he was jerking stuff and twisting stuff and stuff was cracking and popping. I thought, what are you doing to me? But, you know, afterwards, I have to admit, man, I, you know, I feel, I feel better. Jeremiah 18. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this already, don't you? I'm sure you do. He said, verse 3, I went down to the potter's house, saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. You know, sometimes the reason it gets marred in his hands is, is that we won't stay on the wheel. We won't stay still. Come on. I mean, you know, I, I at least once he got me on the table, I stayed on the table. Now, I might have been reluctant to get on it, but once I was on it, I, st- I didn't keep, you know, he wasn't trying to work on me, and I kept trying to get off the table. I mean, see, if, God's got us, He's got you on the wheel. He's fashioning you. He's doing some things with you so that what? You can align better with His will. Be involved in His kingdom purposes. Be useful for the kingdom. But, you know, if you keep moving around, no wonder it gets marred. You never, you know, God never gets you shaped the way He wants to because you won't be still long enough. But the pot was shaped with Martin's hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to them. Is that how it reads? Best to? Well, Lord, I, I, I don't want to be in the children's ministry. I don't want to be back there, Lord. I don't want to have to come early and be a greeter. Well, it's getting quiet in here. You going to love me less because I tell you the truth? <laughs> Come on. Now, see, if I, can do, be, if I can be something big and great, I can do something. I, I'll do that. I don't know why Pastor Norris don't ask me to preach. I'd do that. Come on. But don't ask me to clean the bathroom. I don't want to do that. As seems best to him. Isn't that right? It's best to Him. I, listen, I gave up a long time ago trying to figure out why God always does things and puts people in different places that He puts them. Because I would have done it, if it were me, I would do it totally different. But it's not up to me. And I got big, bigger news. It's not up to you. <laughs> it's up to Him. He fashions us, doesn't He? Are you letting him fashion you? I mean, you know, if, if, if somebody made a pot, they must have some idea that that pot's going to be used for something. Otherwise, why make it? Just let it be a lump of clay. If God is fashioning you into something, if he is, he is, he is working in your life 
for some purpose, then it, it's got to have a purpose more than just sitting on a, on a chair on Sunday morning. Then came the word of the Lord to me. He said, can I do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter? So are you in my hand. So are you in my hand. See, but pride will get us off the wheel. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I, I, I've gone through the ringer more than once. Yeah, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, God, you know, we some God is good. Absolutely, He is good. He's wonderful. But I'm telling you what, He'll put you through the ringer, too. I don't mean He's putting, breaking your leg and putting so. I'm telling you what, man, sometimes that might have been easier. Some of y'all looking at me like a cow to Newgate. You ain't got a clue. I'm telling you. So, I mean, you know, you go through some sleepless nights. You go through times when God's dealing with you, and God's working on you, God's speaking to you, and then it's not all wonderful every time. It's not all about how great you are. <laughs> Sometimes it's about, you know, some things He needs to straighten out. He needs to correct us. Again, I'm not talking about God putting something on you and breaking your leg, but I'm going to tell you what, God knows how to deal with you, man. I'm telling you, you go through the ringer. He's dealing with us, just like this potter here. He's shaping you. He's squeezing you. He's knocking off some rough edges. But, of course, if you keep getting off the wheel, if you keep resisting, pretty soon God will just let you go on your own way. Well, God, don't ever bother me. Well, I don't know if I'd be bragging about that. Because the Bible tells us that, that every child of God is, is disciplined, receives correction by the Spirit from the Word. Isn't that right? So he says, if you're not, he said, if you're, you're not ever corrected, he said, then you're illegitimate. I know this, you know, we'd love, much rather hear a message on prosperity, but this is better for you. Amen. Let's, let's look over in uh, Hebrews 4, you know, he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, doesn't he, over there? We know that, but let's read it over there real quickly. <clears throat> oh, great. It's on 11 o'clock. i got all time in the world. <clears throat> He's, he says here, he says, uh, let us come boldly to the throne of God that we may obtain what? And help in time of need, grace in time of need. When we come into the throne room of God, you know, it's not always about God meeting a physical need, or it shouldn't be. Biggest majority of the time I come into the throne of God, you know, I'm coming into the presence of God. God's wanting to do something in me. He's wanting to build me up. He's wanting to bring some correction. He's wanting to add something to me. He's wanting to teach me something. He's wanting to bring me, uh, you know, to a place where I am more aligned with His will than I was before. See, some people think, you know, the Christian life is just a big party. Come boldly to the party room of God. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, come to the throne room. And yes, it is wonderful. There is peace. There is joy. There is grace. But I'm going to tell you what. You know what? I need God to do something in me. I need God to work in my life. I mean, all the perfect people, stand up. You're excused. 
The rest of us, we still need God to do something in us. Where is He going to do that at? He's going to do it in the throne room. He's going to do it in the throne room. But see, here's the thing. Pride, pride will resist that. See, pride ends, makes us resist the wrong person. See, he said, submit to God, resist the devil. But a lot of times we're resisting God in the work he wants to do in us. You know, we want to take a, a real quick, you know, speedy Gonzalez trip to the throne room. In and out. God, I need to see you. But when do we spend some time there? Just get quiet, spend some time, and let God begin to speak to you about what he wants. We're always telling him what we want. Why don't we spend some time letting him tell you what he wants for you? Not for somebody else, for you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know, God uses us to encourage one another. Amen. We encourage one another. But you know what? God, by his spirit and his word, uses that to correct us individually. We get that turned around sometimes. We're correcting everybody else. Realign the pain of misalignments. You know, a lot of things that are going on in our life, it's not the devil. Don't misunderstand me. He does plenty. I'm not letting the devil off. But a lot of times, it's because we're, we're misaligned. I'm letting fear stay in me. I'm letting anger stay in me. I have unforgiveness in me. I'm letting unbelief stay in me. See, all that's, that is spiritual sewage. You ingest some sewage and see how it does your physical body, if you can get it down. Isn't it amazing? We have developed, many Christians have developed a taste for spiritual sewage. Oh, I'm, I'm mad. I'm telling you what. People's done me wrong. This has done me wrong. Government's done me wrong. Everybody's done me wrong. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. And I got a right to be mad. If you don't like it, I'm mad at you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Fine, go ahead. But you know what? You're misaligned. You ever, you ever got a finger or something out of, or anything out of joint? Boy, it's painful, isn't it? Oh, man. You know, and it, it basically, that extremity or that limb, you, until it's, it's put back in alignment, you can't use it. It's too painful. But in the body of Christ, you know, we want everything's the devil. Well, that was the devil. No, that was you. You've been... You've been Digesting that anger so long, bitter, you're bitter, you, ha- you won't forgive, so you're all bitter now, but you want to blame the devil. No, that was you that ate that poison. The devil didn't hold you down and make you, you know, do that. You, you chose to do it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I know that, you know. Let me give you some things here. Fears, doubt. Low self-esteem, anger, strife, frustrations. You know what they are? Misalignments. 
mom mad at God. He's supposed to bless me. I ain't blessed. He's supposed to heal me. I ain't healed. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Your misalignment may be what's the problem. Why your faith's not working. Amen? Faith works by love. You mad at everybody? You won't forgive? Then you got the audacity to go in the throne room and ask God to do all this stuff for you? I'm, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> God can't work through these things. God does not work through fear. He'll help you with it if you submit yourself to Him, but He does not work through fear. He's a God of faith. He's a God of love. He does not work through unforgiveness. He does not work through hate. God's not hateful. He's faithful. He's loveful, but He is not hateful. So we need to, see, this is why we need to spend time. God can, listen, there have been times when I thought, man, I'm, I'm doing good. Now, I know you've never thought about yourself. I'm, I'm doing good, and then all of a sudden, God will bring something up about something I, I shouldn't forgive somebody, or I judge somebody, or something. I'm like, I was hoping you was going to tell me how great I was. <laughs> but see, that's good because we need that. See, if, if, if all God ever does is tell you how wonderful you are and there's never any correction there, then He would be a, a flatterer. See, we've mistaken, uh, you know, encouragement and exhortation in the body of Christ. We've mistaken flattery for that. We just tell, oh, everybody just wants to te just tell me how good I am, Pastor. Tell me how wonderful I am. Tell me how, how much God loves me. Tell, me. tell me I'm the best. Tell me I'm a child of God. Tell me, I'm, well, you're all that, but I'm going to tell you what. You know what? You're a work in progress, too. <laughs> Amen. If you don't believe it, ask your spouse. <laughs> Amen. So, listen, what it looks like in process is not what it necessarily what it's going to look like upon completion. Man, like I tell you, man, when I was on that, that go back to the chiropractic store, when I was on that, that, that table he had there, man, I'm face down, and he's pushing and pulling, and everything's popping and snapping. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? But afterwards, and isn't that what he says over in Hebrews? He said, no correction is, seems pleasant at the moment. Amen? But afterwards, if we submit to it, afterwards, that's a big if. See, see some people, you're always in pain because you never will stay on the table. Come on. God starts dealing with you, and you, that's it. Or either you don't even have, you don't take enough time to get in the presence of God where God can even speak to you about anything. No wonder you think you're wonderful. All you got is your own opinion to go by. <laughs> you know, it's God's opinion that matters, isn't it? All right. Aligning with God's purpose. Look over in the Philippians. You're still out here or have I run you all off? Listen, the benefit, see, listen, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the correction part, the surgery part. But, you know, we, we will get to the benefit of it. 
And I know this is not a popular message. I understand that. We, you know, we're, I was praying, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, in some circles, in Christian circles, we've almost gotten to be, you know, a positive self-help group. You're okay, I'm okay. Everything's lovely. Isn't it great? There's no sin. Isn't it wonderful? You live the way you want to. I live the way I want to. And God loves us all. Isn't it wonderful? Well, it might be if that was the truth. <laughs> but it's not the truth. Amen? God has some expectation from, for us just as we have expectation for Him. And you know, we either recognize it now or you're going to recognize it when you stand before Him. I mean, you know, you will stand before the Lord. And just, just so you can't ever say when you, that day comes, well, Pastor Norris never did tell me, so I just told you, July the 4th. Amen. We give an account. Listen. Philippians 1, Paul writing to the Philippians, he said this in verse 6. He said, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So several things he, we can read from this, but he, one of the things he implies here is that, that, you know, that the Philippian Christians, even though they were saved, they were filled with the Spirit, that there was still a work God needed to do in them. I mean, maybe you've been uh, saved and filled with the Spirit 50 years, but I'm going to tell you what, God still, there's things God still wants to do in your life. I'm, I'm in 44 years, so, I mean, you know, God still, I mean, uh, like I tell you all the time, you, some of y'all think I'm just kind of joking, but I'm serious. You know, the biggest room in my life is a room for improvement, the room for growth, the room for change. Amen? And I found out if I, if I go too long without spending time in the throne room, I'm going to tell you what, some of those old weeds want to come back up. And Chris, you're a gardener, you know. You, you can weed a bed. Man, you can get it just as pristine clean as you want to. Then you ignore it. for a few. How about if you ignored it for a few weeks? It'd just choke everything, wouldn't it? And sometimes, you know, that's what we think. We get saved, filled with the Spirit, and we're on autopilot. No, we still need God to do something in our life. And listen, part of that is, you know, as we obey God, as we serve God, and we serve one another, that's how God works on us. You know, when I'm by myself, I'm the most wonderful Christian and most wonderful person in the world. I mean, I don't get in strife with nobody when I'm by myself. I don't lose my temper with nobody when I'm by myself. Come on, I don't have no attitudes like somebody's trying to use me when I'm by myself. But when God has me around other people, and He says, I want you to serve them, I want you to pray for them, I want you to do this, then that's when all the stuff comes up. Lord, I've been working 70 hours this week. I ain't got... Come on. I don't want to pray for them. They're mean. And I sure don't want to have to get to church 30 minutes early to be on one of them service teams. I work hard all week. Listen, 
How's the rough edges going to be knocked off of you? How's God going to deal? How's any attitudes going to rise? How are you even going to know they're there? See, it's when we begin to get around one another and we begin to interact with one another. This is why community is so important. We begin to get around one another. That's when we find out just how wonderful we are. (laughs) Just how selfless we are. Or, or, or how selfish. Come on. See, when those things rise up, that's when we have an opportunity to take them to God and let God help us do something with them. But if I don't know they're there, if I ignore them, if I learn to live with the frogs, remember Pharaoh? You know, the, one of the, one of the uh, plagues was the frogs. I mean frogs everywhere, frogs in the bed, frogs in the soup, frogs in the bathtub, frogs everywhere. He got out of the the bed, he stepped on a frog. I mean frogs everywhere. He called Moses, Moses, get rid of these frogs. Moses said, when? He said, tomorrow. I don't know how he got to be Pharaoh. He sure wasn't because he was smart, was it? (laughs) Holy cow, tomorrow. But you know what? As believers, sometimes we can be tomorrow-minded. Well, I will, Lord, tomorrow. I will. I'm, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I, I am, Lord. I'm, I'm, I am. I'm going to. I know you're dealing with me about this, and I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm get involved tomorrow. I'm going to start praying tomorrow. I'm going to start serving tomorrow. You know, it used to be a riddle, you know, what keeps coming and coming but never gets here? Because when it gets here, it's today. We are in God's purpose. You're right there in Philippians 2 real quickly. He said, verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed. Wow. Woo-hoo. Not only in my presence, not only on Sunday we put our Christian faith on. We, we dust off our Christian attitudes and bring them to church with us. You know, just like we put on our Sunday best, we put on our Christian best. Smile at everybody. Praise the Lord. How you doing, brother? God bless you, sister. I love you. But just this week, you was criticizing him up and down in your living room. <laughs> he said, but now much more in my absence. In my absence. Listen, that's when, it, that's when it counts obedience. When nobody's looking, when I'm not going to get the praise of men. Isn't that what Jesus said about the Pharisees? They were full of pride, wasn't they? Everything they did was, was for themselves. It wasn't for God. It wasn't for His glory. It wasn't for His kingdom. It wasn't for anybody else. Somebody else might have got some benefit from it. But the truth is, their motive was all about me, wasn't it? It was their pride. They prayed on the street corners. They sounded a trumpet before they gave any money. They love the chief seats. So it'll be important. He said, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Where's the fear of the Lord gone in the church? God's just my big buddy now. 
me and God. He got my back. Yeah, he's going to have something else on your backside too. <laughs> Amen. You know why? Because he loves you. Amen. He said if you're not corrected, you're not loved. That's good advice for our culture right now, isn't it? Oh, we can't correct anything anymore. Oh, don't you, don't you be correcting your kids. Don't you be doing that. Oh. Don't say anything's wrong. He said, work out your own salvation, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Listen, we need to be in fellowship with God enough outside of Sunday that God can begin to speak to us about things that He wants to work out in our life. Amen? We're talking about prayer, purpose, and power. But listen, if we're going to get to that place, we have to be aligned with God's will. And what we're talking about right now is how God aligns us and keeps us aligned. He said, you've got to work out this thing yourself. He said, you and God. He didn't say, you the pastor and God. He said, you and God. Some things, it's you and God. I'll help you all I can, but some things, it's you and God. You get in your prayer closet, and it's you and God. I don't want to know all your business. Trust me, I do not want to know your business. <laughs> See, some people, oh, God would tell me this and God would tell me that. Well, let him tell you a few things. You might get tired of that. I don't want to know everything about everybody. Holy cow. That ain't wonderful. I don't want to know your business. Let God deal with you. Let God work with you. You, along with God in His Word, in, in, in the throne room, and in the presence of God, let God work some things out in you. Let God put the finger on an attitude that's not right. Or pride, or whatever it might be. When we are aligned with His purpose, you know what? Our faith rises up. Hallelujah. Paul says, he says, I serve God with a clear conscience. God has dealt with me, you know, and, you know, and when he deals with me about something, I say, okay, God, we're going to put that aside. You're going to help me, but I'm going to put that aside. What do we come to the throne, from, throne room for? He said, to find grace in, in time of need. Well, that's not just always about a financial need or healing. That's, that's part of it. But most of the time, by far, most of the time, it's dealing with issues like this in my life. I just got a stinking attitude. I know all of you are all holy and awry, but pray for your pastor. But, you know, I need to deal with things like that. You know, and sometimes I don't need, it's things God will show me that I don't even, didn't even realize till he showed me, and then I go, you're right. Duh. Listen, we are to live by revelation, not just information. Revelation. That means the positive side and the corrective side. 
I need to know that I'm a new creature in Christ. Absolutely. I need to know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that my sins are forgiven. But I also need to know sometimes that God says, you know what? That unforgiveness or that fear or that pride, that's got to go. And see, that's the thing he wants to deal with you in your prayer closet. Because the things that are hindering you from being a participant in the kingdom, a participant in the community of believers where God's planted you, it's going to be, listen, you're, you're misaligned. If, if you're not being used by God, if you're not serving in some capacity in the body of Christ, listen, you're out of alignment. Now, it's not up to me to tell you that you should be here or you should be there, but I can tell you based on God's Word, you should be somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Why is, the, why, why, is the, why is the body of Christ not as strong as it could be? Turn, turn over to Ephesians 4 real quickly. I know this is not in my scripture, so they may not put it up real quick, but I'm going to read it to you. We, you know, we talked last week, we talked about the roar, we talked about, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I desire that. I'm telling you I do. I'm praying for that, and we're going to pray for that again Tuesday. But I want to tell you what. This is going to be necessary for that. Thank you. I had one nod. I'll take it. Notice what he says here. He says, verse 16, From him the whole body. What does the whole body mean? But everybody but you, you're exempt. Where'd you get your exemption from? The whole body joined and held together by God. That's not what it says, is it? By every supporting ligament. Well, we got, you know, we got... Five supporting ligaments in my whole body. I can't even stand up. Can't get out of bed. Where's all the other ligaments? Well, they're gone. I woke up this morning and they just, doctor says they're all gone. I don't know what happened to them. He says, it's held together by every supporting ligament. It grows. It builds itself up in love as, here's the condition, each part does its work. Yep, God said work. W-O-R-K, work. Christian life is work. Now, I know, you know, we're, we live in an age where grace is being talked about, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big one. I, I'll be honest with you. I was teaching a lot of stuff you hear that nowadays. I was teaching this way back in the early 80s on grace. So it's not a new revelation. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what, grace worketh. It worketh in me, and it worketh for God. It worketh in me, and it worketh for thee. <laughs> Amen? Grace is going to work in it. So each one of us, as each ligament, each part does its part. Now you think God just put, I'm sure He put this in here, but just, just kind of filler, don't you think? I mean, you know, He had to have something. Well, let's put something because, you know, we need something in Ephesians 4 there. Let's, I don't believe God put anything in here by accident, do you? 
It's all needed. He said, Jesus spoke. He said, you sh- man shall live by most of the word, part of the word, the part you like the best. He said, it shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we need revelation, not just information. See, information won't change you. It won't change your attitude. It won't change your perspective. And it surely won't change your obedience. But if you get revelation, if God reveals something to you, then there is the grace capacity. Your faith rises up, and you can begin to align yourself now with that truth, and that truth will align you with His body. And then you will become a blessing and a benefit and a strength, not just baggage. God moves upon us when we are aligned with His purpose. That's when power is released. That's when power is released. When we align. You, you want more power in your life? Align more with what God's de- what's He dealing with you about. What's God dealing with you about? See, we're, we go in the throne room, and we've got our shopping list and our agenda. We don't ever have any time to listen to what God says His agenda is. Is coming in the throne room, is it just about me? He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. So it's not about God, not about anything He might want, not about anything He might have to say. I mean, He's just there for me. Me, 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 me. It's all about me, Jesus. I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. Thank you. And then we leave. We don't give him time to say nothing. Ah, you know. Well, that's the height of pride, isn't it? That you would come into the throne room of God and not listen to what he has to say. You think what you have to say to him is more important than what he has to say to you? I found that's not the truth. Speaking for my life, listen, I need to hear what he's got to say. Boy, do I need to hear what he, and I need to heed what he says. Amen? Let me ask you something here. I know this is not the message you shout about, but I'm going to tell you what, you'll shout later if you heed it. Because it will produce in you the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Here's a question to ask. Is my will aligned with God's purpose? Now, God's purpose, does God want you to be full of fear? He don't want you to have any fear, does He? What about doubt? What about unbelief? What about pride? What about anger? What about hate? What about self-loathing, self-condemnation? No, he doesn't want you to have any of that. See, when we're not aligned with God, see, we think, oh, yeah, I'm aligned with God because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Well, we're glad for that. We are. But that, it's, it goes deeper than that. Is my will aligned with God's purpose? And a follow-up to that, are there areas where God needs to align my will with His? Now, you might know some right away. You might not. But you know what? You need to get in 
the presence of God often enough so that he can, he can deal with you. I mean, you know, the potter with the clay, what if the clay was never on the wheel? The potter could go there and turn that wheel with his foot all day and, you know, do something in the air with his hands, but nothing's going to happen. Why? Because you're not on the wheel. There's places where God will meet you. But I want to tell you this, if you ignore the meeting place and the meeting time with God, you know, He'll leave you to your own devices. That's just the way He is. He, I mean, God is not a bully. We better be glad He's not. We'd all have a lot of knots on our head. <laughs> it's an invitation. He doesn't even make you come into the throne room. It's an invitation. God invites you to come to the place where change can take place, where you can align more fully with His love, with His grace, with His purpose, with His will, with His righteousness, with His faith, with His forgiveness, all of those things. We align our lives, and that's where the flow comes. Jesus said, out of our innermost being shall what? Flow what? Are they? Is there a flow, or is it stopped up? Where, where's the flow? You know, when we come together like this as the body of Christ, man, there should be a tremendous flow because God will be flowing out of you and out of you and out of you and you and you and you and you and you and you. And you. you know, I remember when we were uh, being in South America on the mission field on several occasions, uh, flew over the Amazon, big river, big, 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 big river. Man, at the mouth of it is more than a mile wide. That's a, that's a big river. But you know how it gets to be so big? Tributaries. It's a little smaller stream running up here. You, especially if you go back up river, little, another, another one flowing in here, another one flowing in here, another one flowing here, another one flowing here, another one flowing here, and all of a sudden, you've got an Amazon. But listen, I'm going to tell you, as mighty as the Amazon is, dam up that tributary, dam up this tributary, dam up that tributary, and pretty soon, it's going to shrink, 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 shrink. And everybody's going to say, what happened to the Amazon? No. The real question is, what happened to the tributaries? You and I are tributaries. The church is the Amazon. And if we are not contributing, if there's not a flow going into the church, the Amazon, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to dry up. It's going to lose its power, its effectiveness, its ability to give life. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Now, Father, here and those who are watching by streaming, we're going to take just a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us concerning these truths. Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts. I know you, you know, the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. The Holy Spirit will show you not only what needs to be corrected, but He'll show you how, and He will help you. That, that accusing spirit, that's not the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit will show you the way out. He will show you how to receive the grace of God into your life, into that area, and be free. This is what God wants for us. This is what God wants for you. He wants us so healed and so whole and so aligned with His purpose that there is a mighty flow in His church, a flow of salvation, a mighty flow of healing, mighty flow of God's power and glory, mighty flow of God's love and forgiveness that's flowing, flowing, flowing through His church like a mighty Amazon. Father, I thank You. I thank You for dealing with hearts. I thank You, Lord, for that one that needs to put away anger. I thank You, Father, that by Your Spirit and by Your grace, Lord, they will. That, that one that needs to forgive someone that's, that hurt them, that hurt them really badly, that hurt them deeply, Lord, let them forgive so that, Father, they can align again with Your Spirit so that, that Your work in them and Your work through them will not be hindered. Father, we need every member of Passion Church. We need everyone. Everyone is important. Everyone is valuable. Everyone is needed for the success of this church. Thank you, Father, that you're bringing us into a divine alignment. A divine alignment. Stay in an attitude of prayer. I want to read you scripture. God brought to my remembrance. How good and how pleasant it when God's people live together in unity. That's first unity with God and then with one another. He said it's like a, the precious oil, anointing oil poured out on the head running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe, as if the dew of Hermon were falling in Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. God wants the anointing of his spirit to be upon every part of his body. Every part, Passion Church, every member, every part, those that are working in the nursery and the children with middle school, the whatever, where every part, every part, every part. He needs you and we need you. We need one another. Can you say amen? Well, today is not only 4th of July, but the first Sunday of the month here at Passion Church is what we call Missions Sunday. And many of us have made, uh, you know, uh, faith promises for missions. And I want to thank you so much uh, for your giving. Those here and also those who are watching uh, us online, they're streaming. I want to thank you for uh, being faithful with your missions, faith missions promise. You know, our, our, your missions giving, it's, it's supporting uh, missions works in, S- in South America, Venezuela and Colombia, Uganda, Africa, and Mexico, and Pakistan, and India, and Thailand, right here in the river region. You know, ECHO, which uh, Aida Harris, who, who is a member here, 
you know, she, that's her after-school program and her community service to youth, to mentoring them and, and helping them and those that are underserved in our community, reaching out to them. So uh, that's one of the, uh, the local uh, ministries that you're giving goes to support every month. And they're touching lives throughout this River Region area. Young people, young people that need a helping hand, young people that need somebody to come alongside and say, you know what, we care and God cares. Because I'm going to tell you, the next generation, they got to be reached. And Echo is doing a great, great service in doing this. And so that's where part of your, your monthly support is going. And then Tito and Nelros Sassum, they're, they're uh, uh, pastors and training pastors and planning churches in the Philippines, in the Davao area, which is a very needy area uh, there in the Philippines. And so in all these other countries too. So I, I want to thank you so much for your faith promise giving there. And just before we receive that in our regular tithes and offerings, I want us to just pray. Would you just join me again? Somebody said, well, this will be the third time we prayed. Oh, I actually got feedback one time. said, you know what? You, you know, either you pray or Brother Bruce prays, but y'all don't both need to pray. I was like, really? I guess they didn't like the way we prayed or something. I don't know. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of what? Hey, I'm not naming any names. I don't know who it was. Don't want to know. That's one of those things where you just don't want to know, you know. I got an anonymous feedback to help me there. But we want to pray again. We want to pray for our missions, okay? For those who are laboring in other parts of the nation for missions. We're going to pray. The ushers are passing out the envelopes. But, but we're going to pray for them, okay? Especially for Echo and Aida and, and Tito and Nelros. We're going to pray for them. And I believe this, that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Amen? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus... Lord, we lift up Echo and Aida Harris. We lift, lift up Tito and Nero Sassam there in the Philippines. God, I thank you that your hand is upon both of these ministries. And Lord, really, all those that we're supporting, Father, that we've mentioned today, your hand is upon them. Encourage them, Father. Strengthen them by the spirit of might and power in their innermost being. I thank you, Father, that the love of God, the compassion of Jesus rises up and flows out of them. Father, that gives them that strength. That Father, that, that gives them insight about how to effectively minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for the work you're doing here in the River Region through Echo and there in, in uh, the Philippines, Father, through the Sassams. Thank you, Father. And for all those who labor in South America, Africa, Mexico, Pakistan, India, Thailand, Father, we thank you. Your hand is upon them richly, richly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you're making... Uh, out getting your offerings ready and let me just remind you you can use your credit card you can give online you can give by texting there's different ways that you can give but I want to read you something from Proverbs here Proverbs 19 to encourage you I know that you give because you love God you give because you're interested in seeing others come to the knowledge of Jesus and I thank you for that but let me tell you you know God didn't put this in here for no reason for us to ignore it some people, you know, I, I, sometimes, you know, I get criticized about the offering. 
I told you I've been criticized by experts. You take too long on the offering. So if I do, forgive me. See, that's on you. You've got to forgive me. You can't hold on to that. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And He will reward them for what they have done. Your giving is helping us to reach out to people. Some of them are literally poor, very poor in some of these nations. But, you know, they're very poor in the Spirit, too. They don't know Jesus. As a matter of fact, they're bankrupt, aren't they? So I just want you to know, God said this. He said, your generosity, your regular giving, your missions, faith promise, your giving to the poor. He says, God says, you're lending to me. God says, yeah. He says, I'm going to repay you. God said that. God said he's going to repay you. Well, you know what? I'm not going to let pride come in there and get me out of alignment from the blessing of God. Well, I just, you know, I give, but I, you know, I don't, I don't expect God to do anything. I don't think he ought to. I don't even, God don't need to bless me for giving. Well, you just got out of alignment. God says he wants to. You say you don't need him to. You just got off the wheel. You just got out of the place of, of God pouring out his blessing on you. Why would you want to do that? I mean, the publisher's clearinghouse showed up at your, at your doorstep with a million-dollar check. Would you tell them, no, I don't I know we'd be seeing you on YouTube. You'd be shouting around. You'd be dancing. Thank you, Jesus. I can see you. Well, how much more when God says, I want to bless you, when you're, you're generous to the poor, when you're generous? We ought to be happy about that too. Amen. Well, stand on your feet. Tomorrow the offices will be closed. We're going to observe the 4th of July tomorrow like a lot of places will. Tomorrow night we will not have prayer here, but Tuesday night, everybody say Tuesday night, we will have our corporate prayer here from 7 to 8. And also for those who are, who are living, you know, uh, some distance away and it's hard for you to get there, it's going to be live streaming as well. So you can join with us. We're going to be praying, we'll be crying out to God. Uh, you know, for a number of things, but especially for God to pour out His Spirit. Oh, I'm so hungry and thirsty for God to move upon His people, His church, to see the power and the glory of God, see us aligned with His purpose for the harvest, to see the captive set free. Amen? That's what it's about. So if you can't be here in person, uh, you know, go on Facebook, connect online there and pray with us. Just And believe with us. Amen? Believe with us. Father, I thank you for your precious people, those here and those who are watching. God, I speak your blessing over them. I declare, Lord, they're the head, not the tail. I declare they're above only and not beneath, that whatever they put their hand to will prosper. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.